welcome back oh, to another no, no, episode no. of Ex- And, and welcome. Oh. You gotta end. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 34. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week. And I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films. And we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as is tradition, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Hi, Travis. This week... I watched the movie Barbie in theaters, and you listened to the Nico Case album Blacklisted. In theaters, which was pretty annoying to the people around me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I am very excited to this uh, about about this whole thing. Um, uh, yeah. So let's before we talk about any of that, let's uh, let's do some uh, do some housekeeping. Let's figure out what's going on with you, what's going on with me. Yeah, and let's hear about you this week first, huh, Travis? What'd you what'd you do oh, this week? What were you up me? to? Me, I, I don't know that I did a lot that was super interesting. I've been working on. Uh, I have a um, the Inspector Chronicles novel that I'm trying to get done so I can give it to my editor. Uh, and I did have a phone call with my editor, uh, a video call, which was actually really nice. I met her. She's not the same person who edited my Decimus book, but uh, she really loves time travel, so she lobbied to get this book from the nice. you know, so that she can edit with the publisher, which uh, was, it was fun to hear. And we had a lovely chat. And uh, so now I'm just really trying to motivate myself to get that done and uh it's um yeah coming around coming along pretty nicely i'm pretty happy with uh, the progress um what else i uh, it's been hot i did play a uh i went back to play some ultimate frisbee on saturday and played a full like day which was really nice given the series of injuries that i've had and then the plantar fasciitis that i've been dealing with since February and so um, uh, this is the third week back but the first week I only played like one game and then I played and then I had like a time crunch thing so I could only play another game and then this week I had nothing going on so I played three whole games which was a lot well Travis I'll tell you something you don't know about me is that I'm Antifa (gasps) anti-fasciitis that's that's clever I am also (laughs) Antifa fasciitis (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah it's not it's not a pleasant experience but i also uh, have gone back to the gym now two weeks in a row to, to do my body pump class last week i don't know if i mentioned it but i was sore for like four days mm-hmm. this week was much better i'm uh, i wasn't sore almost at all after i did it did you and, hear any um, songs you recognized oh uh no not in that but it was uh i was listening to npr and all of a sudden this song came on and i was like i know this I know this from from the show from recently. It was uh, "Someday" by The Strokes was being awesome. used. Awesome! Oh, last week. Yeah, yeah, it was being used as interstitial music. I think on Marketplace, uh, which is the place that it seems to make sense. It, the only other possibility would have been um, "Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me," and I think it was Marketplace. But I was like, I had to go look through, and I was like, it's, "This is recent," so I looked through the last couple of playlists and found it on The Strokes playlist. I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We're we're getting you educated, Travis. 
Yeah, yeah, you really are. So now I, I know how to like recognize things in the real world <laughs> because Whoa. of this podcast. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, but otherwise a pretty good week. Uh, Coco and I have been out in the park playing um, fetch a lot, and uh, it's just been, it's been a fairly lovely week. How about you? Awesome. I had a lovely week myself. Uh, yesterday was the biggest event. One of the, or the local college radio station, WMSE, uh, had their annual Big Backyard concert, and it's a free concert in Bayview, which is a, a like a neighborhood in Milwaukee. And Girls Rock Milwaukee had a uh, slot in that concert, and so oh, I, wow. as a volunteer for Girls Rock, got to sort of run the stage for them. So. At each of the bands only did one or two songs, so there was a lot of running back and forth, swapping out instruments, communicating with the sound guy. I got to do all that. It's really fun. I really enjoy things like that, uh, sort of logistical things, problem solving. Oh, no, my strap fell off. What do I do? That sort of thing. Uh, so yeah. I had a really great time with that. Uh, met a couple new people that I had never met before. Uh, yeah. So the headliner was Bob Moldband, which is uh, not somebody that you would know, but a pretty famous guy who was in the seminal punk band Husker Du, and then another band uh, that was pretty popular in the 90s called Sugar. We might actually visit Sugar at some point. We definitely won't visit Ooh. Husker Du. That's a little heavy for you. I'm I'm okay. sure you wouldn't like it, but you might dig Sugar. Uh but I, I wasn't able. To... Yeah, you do have a sweet tooth. Uh, I wasn't able to stay for the whole thing, but it was still a really neat day. I really enjoyed it, uh, and you know the dogs were happy that I came home to walk them. So, yeah, help but they were. Uh, it's we're about to get a heat wave, another heat wave here in uh, Los Angeles, and so it kind of started today where it was up to like uh, the high 90s, and it's going to be a couple of days in a row where it's over 100 degrees. Oh my! And so. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting here, uh, especially with a puppy that you know does need to go out on walks. Yeah, yeah. So. We had two days of extreme heat here, uh, ninety nine and ninety five. But heat index is into the one teens because we have very high mm. humidity here. Humidity, yeah. and it was it was pretty awful. But thankfully, it was just two days, and then a cold front came through, so it's not that's great. Too bad. And you get rain every once in a while that helps cool things off, right? We've had very very little rain this summer really yeah wow. I, I, some like a, a couple of almost um, i don't know if it's drought status or not but it's certainly not as much rain as we would like and when we have been getting it it's been deluges of rain it hasn't been just a nice sprinkling it's been you know an inch or two of rain which as you know is quite a bit yeah, yeah, we had that ourselves. Uh, well, that was during the tropical storm last week. Yeah. Uh, well, very good. I feel like I'm missing something else that uh, happened this week, but uh, if if I'm forgetting it, it couldn't have been that important, could it? Uh, I had a birthday party that I went to, and uh, yeah, um, I don't remember else. All right, well, so, let's get into it. We might as well get to the meat, huh? Get to the Ooh, meat. We got a lot of meat to talk about today, that's we for sure. We certainly do. Yes, we Shall do. Shall we shake things up and uh, do... Let's, uh, let's do the music do, first. I want to talk about the, music the movie first. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. We're on the same page. We are simpatico, my friend. We are simpatico. So uh, tell me about uh, Nico Case. So this week, I gave you Nico Case, who is a singer-songwriter who started out in the uh, punk, pop, uh, power pop, and country scenes. So... 
her power pop stuff is the work that she did with new pornographers, which you liked. And uh, I think we did it about two months ago. She's the female vocalist in new pornographers, but often she's too busy with her solo career to tour with the new pornographers. And her solo career is very much uh, in the alt country tradition. Some people have called it country noir. It's Uh sort of very dark, uh, sometimes foreboding, sometimes just dramatic, almost country. But I really like it. She's got a powerhouse of a voice and they drench it in layers of reverb and boy, when she hits some of those high notes, it can be quite a powerful experience. I really like this album quite a lot. It was the first album. So she started out as a quote unquote solo artist, actually with a backing band called Her Boyfriends. So Nico Case and Her Boyfriends. But this was the first album that was released as Nico Case without the uh, uh, credited boyfriends. That's a great name. uh, Yeah. And I really like it. Um, my favorite wait, song wait, on so it. So wait, you said this was her first album. Was it? Or she started out as a solo artist. Did she start out? Yeah. So I mean, I'm you're calling saying before the new pornographers. Well, there was all kind of at the same time. Oh. Yeah. She wow, recorded. She was a busy lady. She was a very busy lady, and she moved around a lot. I was I was actually looking at her Wikipedia for this. She moved around Seattle, Chicago, Tucson, uh, but very very much stayed busy. Uh, and she's quite quite a prolific and fantastic artist. My favorite song on this album is the second track, "Deep Red Bells." Mm. So I don't. I know that's not the first track. I know that you have a thing about first tracks being the best ones, but for me, second track, "Deep Red Bells." You know, Bells and, and given our talk y- last week, I'm not sure that I need the first track to be the best one, but I think it does need to kind of hook you a bit. Hook you. That's sure. I think my most important thing. Um, okay. So uh, what do you think, Travis? Did you like this, or was it maybe just a little too country for you? Oh, you know what? Uh, so uh, it's funny that you say country, because I did make an early association with some, like, Patsy Cline, mm-hmm. uh, like those, or, like those, that era of country singer. The and, uh, I made Yeah, and I made that association in my head and then kind of dismissed it as, as maybe, maybe un, uh, I don't know, something that wasn't quite accurate but uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that you actually say that so now i feel a bit vindicated but uh, i will tell you right off the bat nico case is uh, is a phenomenal singer she is uh she's really good uh also great name you know how i like good names yeah uh, not only for bands but man if this is her given name uh good job Parents of Nico Case. The only thing I, I was I, I spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about this over the week, and I think that like if I had been if my la- if I had been Mr. Case, married to Mrs. Case, and have a daughter, I would be hard pressed not to name her like Imantha, uh, like spelled I M O N T H E uh, Case. Oh wow, Travis! Uh, oh my I, gosh! Because that's the kind of father I want to be. And, uh, and <laughs> so, so first off, good for resisting that obvious urge, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Case. But secondly, a uh, great name overall. And she is a fantastic singer. Uh, you're right. Red Bells, uh, big, uh, deep Red Bells is a great, is a great track. It's very, she's got a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, uh, I don't 
don't know, soul, I guess, mm-hmm. in her voice, right? Yeah. And uh, and I, I enjoyed, this checks all my boxes. This checks my easy to understand the lyrics box, checks my um, good instrumentation and, and good, good, like nice, deliberate, written orchestration of music um and it was uh, the only thing that i might hit it for a bit mm-hmm. is r- the kind of redundant feeling of the music where mm. there's like the songs kind of there's a there's a there's a genre that they fit in if that's a thing that has that, yeah. that you can describe music in and they all fit kind of very in a very tight genre with each other uh and i didn't get a whole lot of differentiation between the songs um i didn't i didn't actually care that much about that because they were pleasant to listen to this was a this was a really pleasant uh album to listen to i listened to it today just on my computer uh and i listened to it on a a, a walk walking coco to the park and back and both were equally pleasant so um i don't know that i've become familiar enough with it to name a favorite track Mm -hmm. uh if that was going to be an upcoming question except i i know i didn't like the last track outro with bees i'm not quite (laughs) sure why they included it um outro with bees reprise i guess um but other than that man yeah this is uh this was a good one this is good i i and i and i'm feeling i'm feeling very generous today too about about ratings so this might be oh wow how about that yeah uh well i you know i would like to pull out a track or two um to point out as things that really stood out for me uh i love the there's a couple of covers on this album the one that really sticks out for me is look for me i'll be around uh which is a a really classic uh country song mm-hmm. and she just really knocks it out of the park you know it's one of those it's one of those songs where you got to hit that last note and just like nail it and boy does she mm-hmm. ever right um so I love that song. And then there's the song Pretty Girls. I don't know if that one tripped your trigger at all or not. Uh, um, I, I, I pegged it as something, you know, it's funny listening to it. And it's, it's, I really like that when you're able to name a song right now, uh-huh. I'm able in my head to associate it with the, with the melody, with the tune, yeah. um, because the lyrics are so kind of specific. Um, I mean, Pretty Girls didn't uh, trip me, as you say, but... I didn't dislike really any of the songs. For me, I remember uh, listening to "I Wish I Was the Moon." Oh, and that being... one is if 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 Deep Red Bells was not my favorite song, I wish I was the Moon would be. Yeah, it's really it's a beautiful song, right? And I think that's one of the things about this album is that it has a lot of beautiful music and beautiful songwriting, and of course, mixed with uh, Nico's beautiful voice, and she was by far when she would take on a song for uh the new pornographers then i was much more into those songs if you'll remember yeah so this is basically a whole album of that and so yeah yeah, i I don't see how it could have gone wrong (laughs) for sure for sure yeah i really like this i think there is the the aspect of taking something like this which is really beautiful music and 
you know, a lot of the lyrics are maybe a little darker, the a little bit darker subject matter, right? So pretty girls is, you know, pretty girls, you're too good for this. You know, it's clearly talking about, you know, I don't know if it's in a, if it's in a house of ill repute or, you know, a strip club or something like that. But there's, she's clearly speaking to women who are maybe on the underside, in the underbelly of society and being treated poorly and, uh, you know, talking to them. Uh, and I, I think that there are, you know, deep red bells is a pretty dark song. Uh, there's there's some of them that are you know brighter. I wish I was the moon is maybe about yearning, but it's not necessarily dark, right? Right, right, yeah. Uh, I, that might be that might be one thing that uh, is off putting about the album is that it does have uh, a lot of darkness or or sadness in it. Uh, you know that that's kind of a pervasive emotion uh, through this album is that you get that there's not a lot of happy music in here. You know? No. Although, that being said, some of the instrumentals are kind of nice and upbeat. And it starts off with a song that has kind of a nice beat to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it does get you engaged with the album. And if, if there's a happiness level that's a little higher, it does have a nice kind of connective tissue to mm-hmm. other songs that are not... Yeah, that, there's an emotional you know? trajectory to this album, even yeah, if... Yeah, nothing seems jarring. Yeah, even if the songs themselves can be somewhat similar instrumentation wise, you know, there's a lot of, so uh, there's a lot of reverb, there's a lot of delay, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of flanger, you know, the guitars are sort of wobbly and not quite on, um, they're not out of tune, but they're just like, they're, they're sort of, they're using modulation to be a little unsteady and i think you that can demonstrate to... what it might sound like with your voice if you'd like oh gosh no i would <laughs> <laughs> but flanging and phasing and th- those types of things they just add a little bit of like rather than a note ringing out clearly they make uh-huh. the note sort of unsteady and that adds yeah. to the the feeling of unease that i think this gives but again none of it is like it's just sort of Everything feels kind of at a distance, maybe, you know, like uh, uh, just it's like it's dark, but it's not scary, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 So. It feels and it's not and it's not dark uh, in the authentic way that we've talked about for that 90s music, uh, you know, where where it needs to be depressing. It's dark in a kind of like everyday um, world looking at it as an adult kind of yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny, right? Because this is pretty early on in her career. You know, she's a little bit older than us, right? She's just in her early 50s now. But this was recorded uh, you know, 20 some years ago, right? She was not a very old person when she sure, wrote and recorded this. Sure. But I this. think you do get a lot from being uh I think women in general have a little bit more mature outlook on the world than men do, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, if you're looking at Nico Case versus like um I don't know who, you know, the God, the Nirvana guy. 
<laughs> uh, Kurt Cobain. Yes. Kurt Cobain. The uh, Nirvana yes. guy. Okay. Now I think that uh, you folks, know, if men... you ever, if you ever wondered if Travis was just putting putting on a, a show <laughs> about not being super duper into he music, can't, he can't know this little about music. That, well, he can't possibly be so music. Uh, I think referring to quite possibly one of the most important songwriters of the 20th century as the Nirvana guy would probably put any of your fears to rest. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 genuinely this music dumb. Uh the the uh but anyway, so yes, I think that men in general have gosh, I mean, for as much as we put on airs about being self-important and all that, men are fairly immature uh in our emotional outlook on the world right and we tend to um you know we tend to be less nuanced and i think that that's something that uh that nico probably is exhibiting here is a nuanced and mature look uh outlook on the world for sure for sure yeah i really enjoyed it yeah well uh i i like all of that uh, do you want to give it a rating? Do, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, you know what? I mean, it, again, I feel like I I feel like I should say more because there's just a. Uh, I have this same problem with movies that I really like. There's times I, the discussions are a little bit shorter because I, you know, I liked it, and and sometimes it does feel like there's not a whole lot to say besides. Well, I mean, I dug it. I think you should. I think you should dig it too. <laughs> I definitely would recommend. I definitely would recommend this album um, to anybody listening if they want to give it a try. And it's, I'll give uh, you. It's... I'll give you some good news, Travis. She mm. has continued releasing solo albums. Some of them are even more highly regarded than this one. There's one from about uh, 2007 or 2008 called Fox. Uh, Fox Confessor brings the flood, and it's really fantastic. So there. This is. This is okay, an well, artist that has a lot of great material. That brings up a question then. Why didn't you uh, give me one of those? Because this is the one I know the best. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, that is what the show is about, isn't it? It oh. is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, all right, that's fair. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give this uh, an eight. Um, uh, the, 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 I do like... I do like happiness, uh, as we've discussed. I do like kind of a like a more cheerful music, um, and there was some of that. I, but I think ultimately the the darkness kind of pulls this down a little bit for me. Um, and it's not it's not for anyone listening like heavily dark. This is not a like a emo type of uh, album. It's just uh, it's just um, mellow. I think it's very mellow in a way that is. Well, nah, mellow isn't even the right word. Do you have a better word for me? I don't know if I do. Uh, yeah, because it's certainly not morose. It's no. not. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not even depressing. Or, or it's just. It's just kind of like um. Like emotionally chilled. Yeah. Not chilled, but chilled. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So anyway. Well. But that being the case it, it it has that kind of through the whole thing and i uh, i would have loved a little more a little more upbeat cheerful every once in a while and i didn't quite get that so yeah i think i'm going to stick with a, an 8 for this one okay uh i think this is also an 8 for me i love this album i'm always happy when it comes up 
Uh, it's not in my top, top tier of albums, but it's really, really great. She has an awesome voice. I, I love Nico Case. It's an eight for me. Oh, great. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, go listen to it, uh, peeps and uh, and chaps and, and women's and peeps people and listening chaps. to this album. Peeps and chaps. <laughs> peeps and chaps. It's the new, the new gender neutral terms have jo- dropped. It's there we go. Peeps and chaps. Uh, uh, are you a peep or are you a chap? Um, I think chaps isn't so general gender neutral, though, is it? Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, let's move on to uh, to the movie. I took a leap and uh, had you go watch Barbie in theaters whilst it is in theaters, and um, and here's the thing: we are either way too late very late in discussing this movie or very, very, very early in discussing this movie on a podcast because uh, everything that has been could be said about this movie has probably been said, but I feel like it's going to be looked back on in about 10 years for its cultural significance in this moment. And uh, I, 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 so here's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a movie about Barbie, but it was directed by Greta Gerwig, who previously directed um, Lady Bird. Uh, Lady Bird, yeah, thank you, which was nominated for an Academy Award. And uh, she was given the reins by uh, Warner Brothers and Mattel to make this movie, Warner Brothers more specifically. And uh, she co-wrote the movie and uh, with uh, Noah Baumbach and... It stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling as Barbie and Ken, and then uh, America Ferreira shows up as a as a as a real person, uh, and then but it's also got Kate McKinnon and Issa Rae and Rhea Perlman and uh, Will Ferrell and uh, and uh, so many other like people as like different versions of Barbie and different versions of Ken. Like Simu Liu is uh, is like an Asian Ken, and um, it's just got. So many recognizable actors. Uh, and it basically is about Barbie. It's about so much. That's the thing. Uh, one of the things that blows my mind about this movie. They, they, It's got so much. And it could be too much. It could so easily have been too much. But somehow, I think it nailed it. And uh, so yeah, I, I did see it in theaters a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I wanted to go again and see it this week, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find the moment to do it. So um, you're fresher than I am on this movie. What did you think? Interesting. Interesting. Well, I really, really liked this movie. I think anybody I who... you might. Yeah, I think anybody who knows me will be unsurprised to learn that I really, really enjoyed it. The first half an hour or so is just an absolute delight because there's a part of you that, you know, wonders how they're going to translate what is functionally a narrative, like without narrative structure into a a story and not a story that we've heard a million times before. Right. Because like you could you could definitely drop Barbie into any random plot. Right. And treat it as like a normal thing. And that's how you end up direct to video. Right. So how are you going to treat this in a way that brings something new to it? And it is a very, very clever plot 
it's a very very clever like the the humor is so wonderful all the barbies are barbie all the kens are ken and except for alan except for alan and except for you know uh the other the other barbies whose name i can't remember the pregnant barbie and and so forth um so it, and it's all it's the humor is so clever and such a delight and so surprising. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't get to see it this week because the big question that I left this movie with is how it was going to hold up to multiple viewings. Yes. Now, several of my friends and several of Amy's friends have seen it multiple times and they're like it's even better you know on multiple viewings, but there was there was a little bit of it to me that just made me go, gosh, I like a huge part of my enjoyment of this movie was the discovery factor. Like, uh-huh. how are they going to handle this? Oh, my God. How, look how they did the Barbie houses. Look how they did the transition right. from the Barbie world to the real world. And I just don't know for myself how much of that is going to hold up in the future. But that's a question for the future. I don't want to get into that too much. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. So I had a similar experience walking out of this movie as I did walking out of Joker uh, back in 2019. And it took me years to see that movie again because I didn't want to... um, I, I didn't know if it would stand up, if I would... Like, if seeing it again would disappoint myself. Yeah. Right? Uh, And I feel like... This experience was very similar, and I think that seeing it, seeing it again will also have a similar experience. Well, I were, will I where I will also like it the second time and third time, and continue to discover new things about it. Because one thing about this movie is it is dense. It is with, extremely dense with people so popping up see. in the background that. I couldn't believe how many people were in frame for so much of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there is a lot visually to take in. Yeah, you know, yeah. A so lot much. to take and in. And details. And I'm not a Barbie fan. I, I played with Barbies when I was a kid because my babysitter, my babysitter's daughter had them. And so we played with Barbies. But I have no affection for Barbie as a as a property. Yeah. Uh, And and I don't think, I think that's one of the genius things about this movie is that it does not rely at all on Mm -hmm. personal affection for Barbie. It, it explains the cultural impact of Barbie, right. And references that and depends on that, but it doesn't require the viewer to have a personal relationship with Barbie in order to work. Yeah, and it could have, like, and the moments where you have references that you need to know, it kind of gives you them. Like, uh, you know, when you see uh, Video Talk Barbie or or Barbie Video Girl or whatever who has a camera in her chest and a video screen in her back or maybe vice versa, I can't remember. Uh, It it tells you, it's like, this was a real Barbie. And uh, and you get those details kind of fed to you so that you don't need to come in with that baggage of of knowledge. And so you can just go in with the story which essentially is a story about uh about the 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 it's it's about consumerism, it's about the patriarchy, it's about uh women's uh the 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 burden of being a woman in modern culture and uh and somehow it the, the one of the things that amazed me is that First of all, I'm not a big Ryan Gosling fan. I think this is the best thing he's ever done. The best work he's ever done. The transition for him between 
what he's like at the beginning of the movie, what he's like in the middle of the movie, what he's like at the end. His journey is so well done and so well defined by him. Uh, and could have been so annoying. Like the guy who discovers the, and, and, and the joy of the patriarchy Yeah, could have been a really rough like pill to swallow you know story-wise i'll tell you what for me the thing that made it not not awful was Uh his love of horses like Uh. his love of horses was so pure and natural that it just (laughs) like like if it had just been the patriarchy stuff without any kind of like softening thing but just like the fact that Everything that he learned about the patriarchy was filtered through also I love horses just made it work for me personally. I was like, yeah, he is a real person, you know, Um, and so I I really dug that uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I loved I loved his song, too. Uh, I'm just Ken was was when they when they broke into song, I kind of. um, I don't know. I kind of flinched emotionally inside. Like I was like, "Oh God, okay, here we go, a song." And but it was so much. It was so earnest and silly and uh, and and heartfelt and wacky all at the same time. And uh, I really dug that. That 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 spoke. This movie spoke very heavily to my sense of humor, which, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. It, it, I think it must have to a lot of people because it's currently at like 1.3 billion dollars uh and so well i mean the way that it balance the way that it balances that humor which is very clever but not um not like exclusionary right it's very inclusive humor inclusive yeah but like it, it calls you in to laugh with the characters and to laugh with the director and uh so that and then oh, the serious stuff is handled really, really well. I yes. never thought we were going to get a minute long speech just baldly laying out the principles of feminism that wasn't like preachy or weird. Like it fits right. perfectly in the story and it's functional to the plot. Yes. You know? How easy could that have been to be uh, to be to be just hitting us over the head with that kind of stuff? And I felt like it was not at all. And America Ferrera gets props for that for her performance. Oh I God, think. yeah, yeah, uh, really, because really that good. So easily could have been performed by a, a less capable actress. And I'm sure I will see it in monologue <laughs> classes. I was going to say that's going to be in monologue classes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was it was really enjoyable to watch all that, uh, and it the it's, the whole the whole thing had me from from the get go with the with the beach off mm-hmm. uh, when because Ken's yeah. job is beach. It sure is, and I love that, and uh, I, I just love that first of all, and then also like, everybody. He's got this... I want you to know that Travis is wearing a tank top today, presumably because he wants to look like Ken. Yeah, well, it's it's a hot day here in L.A., uh, but I uh, but uh, Ryan Gosling's Ken, who is uh, kind of like Beach Ken, is uh, has like this this antagonistic relationship with uh, Simu Liu's Ken, who is um, I guess tourist Ken or rival Ken. I'm not sure that's what it's listed on as in uh, Wikipedia, but uh, and like all the Kens kind of break into these like factions. Um, and there's like a Ken off at the at the in the in the in the climax of this movie, but also like 
their first argument is they're like, uh, I'm going to beat you off. And <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a dumb joke, but they really take it for a good minute long. Uh, and it's wonderful. It's, I love, I love, I love jokes like that. I, well, I and say, they I never, they never wink at the camera that the no. whole time, right? They, yes, they, they take themselves so seriously in all these jokes and all these pieces of humor. Uh, and I think that's that really sells it from the get go. How did you feel about Will Ferrell as the head of Mattel? I would characterize it as the only real casting mistake in this whole movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah I really. Yeah. Now, to be fair to Will Ferrell. I hate almost everything he's ever done. Well, um, that is very fair to Will Ferrell. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so, well, so like point being, I don't know if he's miscast in this or I just don't like Will Ferrell. Sure, right? sure. But I found his performance to be out of step with the rest of the movie. Yes. And I think I would have loved to have seen what basically anyone else would have done with that role. So, so Will Ferrell was too cartoony. For this Barbie movie about dolls, basically, like it's at least as movie, a real world character. Yeah, because the movie took itself so seriously. Even when you are introduced to Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon, uh, she is grounded and like emotionally like true, mm -hmm. whereas his character was was just not. It was essentially a clown and all these real people. The problem is we're brought we're we're, we're Barbie goes to the real world, and then we are in, we are presented with these people who are cartoonish, who are supposed to be real people. And yeah. I think that that bugged me a little bit. And it also, for me, basically was the same character he played in the Lego movie, which was also about a toy that was kind of like breaking a fourth wall, okay. uh, you know, going into the real world. And... Um, yeah, I, I also I agree. I think it. I, I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I thought it was miscast. Uh, yeah. Also, I I really would have liked to have seen somebody else in that role. So yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I'm not I, I I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan. I don't dislike him in in most of the stuff. I think the stuff that he's cast in, like you know, you put him in Elf. It's a brilliant role, and it's uh, if you've never seen, have you ever seen Elf? I have seen Elf. Okay, I was going to say, you had a daughter. You must have seen Elf. Um, and, uh, but that's a brilliant role, and that really uh, lends itself to his kind of clownish, cartoony persona. Whereas, weirdly enough, this movie doesn't, where you've got basically you know Oscar-nominated and winning actors playing these dolls. And... Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I also loved little all the I didn't catch I, I do want to see it again and I do want to see it so that I can catch some of these uh smaller references like uh like so a Dua Lipa showed up as one as Mermaid Barbie, but then mm -hmm. when it becomes Ken World, it's um it's a uh, John Cena as like Merman yes. Barbie. Yeah. And I'm like it's a it's a it's like a second long, but it's so funny uh, yeah. to see stuff like that. So Oh yeah, it was, was really, also, really good. Yeah, I was also a little bit tickled that um, uh, Ch uh, Chidi uh, Gatwa, who is, um, he's going to be the new Doctor Who. He was one of the Kens, and uh, he is also from um, a show called Sex Education, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think, actually, that show had one of the, the female lead was also one of the other Barbies, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. 
Um, that yeah, that's really cool. I uh, the one thing that I wanted to say about this was that this is the first time since uh, Pirates of the Caribbean that you've taken one of these like properties that sort of exists in this world of like you know sort of theme park or like not not the world of like structured narrative it takes all the ip from that and turns it into like something really really useful because i'm a, i'm a huge fan of the first pirates of the caribbean movie the first one's great i mean had <laughs> the they never one. yes had they never made any of the rest of it i'd be perfectly cool with that but that was you know that like this was this movie where you're like you look at the you look at the source material and like, how on earth are they going to make a movie out of this? Like, that's crazy. It's crazy to look at a Disney ride and be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make a movie. And it's the same right. way with Barbie. Right. Yep. It's not you know, it's not Barbie becomes president or Barbie is the movie is Barbie and it is about Barbie. How do you yeah. make a movie out of that? Well, this is how you just have to be a genius married to another genius. And then you work together on the script. And uh, it all turns out okay, and you make a billion dollars. I will point out that uh, I mentioned it already, but the Lego movie does something similar. Um, Have you seen the Lego movie? Is that the one with everything is awesome in it? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. The sequel was not as as good, but the first one was uh, I thought pretty brilliant. And, yeah, um, I did something like, similar. It was, yeah, it was fine. I, I wasn't I wasn't super enamored of it, but I didn't hate it. All right, all right, fair enough. Hmm. Um, well, geez, what else? Uh, what else can be said? Oh, I, uh, one interesting thing about this one is that uh, Mark Ronson uh, did the music for Barbie, and he was the producer of the um, uh, of uh, Uptown Funk. Uh, if you remember that song from uh, a few years ago, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with music, Matt, but I don't uh, know there was if you're familiar with Funk. the most popular song of that year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he's famous for having done that, and so now he's doing this song. And apparently, the one of the stories that I read was that he wrote. Uh, and and did a demo for Just Ken, kind of as a lark, kind of like thinking because it's not this is not a musical movie, right? Right. There's no reason for there to be a musical number, and uh, but he kind of wrote this song and then sent it to either the director or to Ryan Gosling, and um, and they loved it and they put it in the movie. So, yeah, you know. that's really fantastic. I I did really enjoy the musical, like the integration of music and the musical number or numbers. I, I'm a little iffy on that. Um, yeah. I do I do want to read this movie a little bit. Uh, okay. So the plot makes a lot of sense, right? But it doesn't like totally hang together, right? Okay. There are just there are times when it's like, so for instance, what brings what brings barbie a sense of existential dread is adult america ferrera is playing with her daughter's dolls and uh sort of giving them like emotional lives that are more complex than everything is awesome right right and so i guess the idea that that would cause an existential crisis for barbie and barbie world that am i supposed to believe that this is the first time in however long that anybody has done that right like i feel like mm. that's maybe a pretty common experience for adult women 
you know, pulling the Barbies out of the toy chest or, or whatever being like, not that it's the only possible experience, but you know, it does sort of, it does sort of make you go, why this, why now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it might also just be the first time it's happened to this Barbie land. Maybe there are hundreds of Barbie lands throughout the multiverse and uh, that's what oh, we're going to see from the next movie, the sequel. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm really not up for Into the Barbie-verse. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on Into the Barbie-verse. Yeah, yeah. There is going to be a sequel, and I do I do wonder how they're going to do it, but uh, I'm interested, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, the, and then the Mattel board... You know, you talked about the cartoonishness of the Will Ferrell character, and I mm-hmm. don't love that. But really, that whole thing with, like, the Mattel board wanting to get Barbie back to, I guess, maintain the status quo. It wasn't, like, all of that was real kind of hand-wavy, right? Yep. And it yep. and there there is this sense of, like, sort of being swept along on this movie and don't ask too many questions. And that's okay, right? But... You know, now it's a week later and the job of this podcast is to ask questions. And so there's times when I'm like, I like I loved this movie. I really did. There was Mm -hmm. so much to love about it. But, you know, I think it did run up a a little bit on the rocks of, well, we have to have a plot. And if the plot doesn't totally 100 percent make sense that's okay at least this like this is clearly written by one writing couple and not had like two dozen rewrites right right and that that really shows through right because you know we've we've talked to about a bunch of movies where oh the script was in development for you know three four years and it got a dozen writers on it and and boy you can almost always tell because they mm-hmm. they don't they don't really uh, stand up and this one stands up but there are still some bits that are sort of hanging out and yeah and I agree with you chopped. completely on that yep and uh, but I also think that in this case it doesn't matter like uh, it, it like I was I had the same kind of like pings going off in my brain about those moments but I also uh, I I also was like you know what for I, for everything that this movie achieves. Story-wise, and and in in every other movie-making way, uh, I am willing to forgive um, those bits of plot. And you know me, I'm I'm Mr. Plot and Story guy. I love tight story, and um, and so, but you know, we'll see. I guess that would be uh, that's one reason I should have tried harder to see it a second time this week. I guess. Well, let me tell you, good things about this movie: the production design is out of this world good. Just like. It's clear that everybody involved was told, like, I I want you to have fun while you're doing mm-hmm. this. Like, do and the fun, practical, do the practical funnest, effects all over the place. Yeah, practical effects all over the place. Do the funnest thing possible, and that's going to be right. You yeah. know, the music is fantastic. The acting is fantastic. The jokes are fantastic. Like, there's really so much, so much to love about this movie. So. I am really glad you liked it. This reminds me of uh, when you and I went to see uh, the Muppet movie uh, mm. many, many years ago, probably yeah, 2011 or so. I think it was after maybe I, I think I had a big, a big breakup and uh, it yeah. was Christmas of 
of 2011 or so 2011 or 2012 yep yeah and uh and it was that was a joyful experience for me and uh this movie felt very similar in its in its joy but it also felt much more important you know it amazes me that you they made a barbie movie that feels important and it's gonna get an oscar nomination it's it's that good Mm-hmm. And uh, and it yeah, amazes sure. me doubly that this movie was made on purpose by Mattel, like because this is not a Mattel positive movie, like this does not look well on on the makers of I Barbie. so that yeah I would say there's there that's a good point, but it's also I would say they're very like glancing blows right like sure. there's part of you there's part of you inside that when they do some of the you know the with the board being evil like it's all dudes and that sort of thing right you're like ooh, oh right but on a deeper level right mattel is making a movie that's a billion dollars and they're gonna sure. sell multiple billions of dollars worth of merchandise they you know sure they can take a few hits right like right, there right, is right. part of you that's like there's no functional harm to them by being able to laugh at themselves about this. well yes and that you know. does and that almost is a little more devious like how can we accept that this movie is like it's it's like supposed to be critical, but it's also made by the people who are now rolling in dough because of it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. So, that's all very interesting. But yeah. uh, ultimately, let's uh, let's. Uh, I fe- I feel very good about this movie, and um, uh, I think we can skip to the ratings. Uh, I feel like we've effused enough. I feel like we have effused enough. I'm effused all over the place. I have effused <laughs> a lot. And I think you, I think you already know what I'm going to rate this movie, which is when I came out of the theater, I was like, I'm going to give this movie a 10. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? It's not a perfect movie. It's a really, 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 really good movie, but it's not a perfect yep. movie. This is a nine for me. Yeah. So I had the exact same experience. I, I rated it a 10 on IMDb while I was sitting in my movie chair as the credits <laughs> rolled. And, uh, and and then had the same kind of experience where I was like, wait a second, what about these flaws that I've detected? Uh, but ultimately, like I said, I think that its its triumphs are going to completely make up for its flaws, at least for my one time viewing. And I'm going to stick with my ten rating. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, guys. Uh, in five years, we're going to be revisiting this movie. We're going to watch it, and we're going to we examine go. the cultural impact of Barbie in the future. Yeah. Well, when the sequel comes down. out, we'll rewatch this one. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that, too. Okay. All right. Well, what do you got for me next week? Next week? So uh, we noticed that I had not been giving you enough women lately, so hmm. we're going to have another <laughs> female artist. That is a, artist. a big problem in my life in general. Yeah, not enough women. Um, have you, you ever heard of the... enough women? I think is the oh well, that's fair. Have you ever heard of the band Portishead? Portis Portishead, like P-O-R. rhymes with tortoise. Uh, sort of, yeah. Portis tortoise, yeah. It does rhyme with por- with tortoise. Okay, yeah. no, no. The answer is no. I have never heard of Portishead, but I love it. All right. Are you familiar with the genre known as trip hop? 
Uh, no, no. Uh, okay. Okay. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. there was this genre that arose out of kind of out of nowhere or it felt like out of nowhere that combined uh, slowed down hip hop beats, weird sound effects, and female vocals. The big albums from this were Massive Attack. I believe it's called Adrenaline or no, Mezzanine. By Massive Attack and the album Dummy by Portishead. They hmm. were really, really big hits. They had videos on MTV. It was like it was like a new genre of music that kind of nobody had ever really heard before, combining elements from other genres. Uh, and Portishead released a very, very big follow-up album to that. Album is also called Portishead. It's my favorite Portishead album, and you're going to listen to it next week. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. I am going to give you a film uh, starring a, a little-known actor by the name of Thomas Cruise. And, uh, oh my another, god, another uh, Tom Cruise movie? Another Tom Cruise movie. Now, this is, uh, this is you said something about um, Tom Cruise kind of all, always doing the same thing, and I, he gets that... He gets that kind of reputation, like he's always doing the same action movie. This is not that. This is a movie called Collateral that he did in 2004. And it was during this time that he was coming out of this period of uh, of some Oscar buzz for, you know, starting with Jerry Maguire. And then he did some, he did Magnolia and Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. Shut. And uh, so, yeah, he did a bunch of act- uh, movies that were kind of against type and this is that where he plays a uh, basically an assassin who gets in a cab uh, a taxi cab driven by Jamie Foxx and uh, Jamie Foxx has to run him around town um, and so this is a it's it's you know it's I haven't seen it since it came out I remember liking it a lot and uh, I just want to revisit this um, non Tom Cruisey Tom Cruise movie you know, uh, if only if not just to give you kind of an education on Tom Cruise, who I really like as a as an actor and a producer and as a producer, uh, I want to um, give that to our uh, our, our our listeners um, is directed by Michael Mann, who is a, a fairly well-known. Oh, I do and, like uh, Michael Mann. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got he's definitely got a vision. And I, I think this is going to be fun to um, to revisit. Um Cool. Well, I look forward to talking to you about that. Uh, before we uh, wrap things up, I want to say hello to my mom, who is a, a, a listener, a regular listener. She, she Hi, frequently Pam. comments on uh, uh, Pamela, never Pam. Pamela. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Hi, Pamela. That's all right. That's all right. And uh, I'm amazed that you remember her name at all. Uh, and so she um, she listens to us all the time. So, hi, Mom. And uh, for the rest of you, if you would like to be involved in our show, we would love to hear from you. So email us at uh, Exposing Ourselves Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at the Exposing Ourselves Facebook page and uh, we would love to hear your recommendations. I have people telling me all the time, oh hey, you should listen to this album and I'm like, it's not up to me. Please email us and recommend something so that my co-host can, uh, can t- you know, look at it. So uh, I... I- that's what you got to do, guys. If you want to recommend an album that I listen to, um, you got to write in. All right? His album listening time is very limited, so... It really is. Well, I certainly don't choose what albums I listen to. That's all that. So That is all me. Speaking of all you, thank you for exposing yourself to me. Well, Travis, you are very welcome. Thank you for exposing yourself to me. You are welcome as well. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.
Good night.